My girl, Najwa Zabayan, is back. And in case you don't know who she is, guys, man, she is the hero of her own damn story that is committed to raw, open vulnerability that speaks to the hearts of so many women, where she helps heal and shows what self-love really is and the importance of empowerment. Now, she's an author, a speaker, an activist who's inspiring millions and millions of women around the world to live authentically and unapologetically themselves. Now, we don't stay there. I understand those are just buzz words. We go freaking deep of what it actually means to keep showing up authentic and what it actually means to not apologize even when you think and feel like you want to because we've been so trained to be nice, to be people pleasers. So how do we become unapologetically ourselves? How do we break away from being that nice girl for people that don't even deserve you to be nice to them? And the question that will bring you to tears in today's episode will break you out of the imaginary cage, guys, that you feel is holding you back right now. So let's grab the keys to unlock that cage. Let's grab the pliers, whatever we freaking need to break free. We're doing it today. Let's go. When somebody makes you doubt your boundary or question it, do they have my best interest in mind? And the answer is always going to be no. Najwa, welcome back for the fourth time to Women of Impact. (laughs) can't believe it's been four times. Today, I want to talk about how you've been able to set boundaries in your life. Because as someone who has been, you felt like you've been blindsided, you said in the past, been taken advantage of, Mm -hmm. um, disrespected, and really been hurt by Mm -hmm. other people, betrayed. How on earth have you then been able to be that person that has been betrayed, really felt broken, not standing up for yourself, to then being the person that I see before me today, freaking badass, <laughs> that really holds her own, that holds boundaries, sets boundaries, because you know your worth? The number one most important thing for me when it comes to boundaries is to not focus them on others. So I'm not going to set a boundary with the intention of getting someone else's behavior towards me to change. I'm going to set a boundary because I know my value. I know my worth. If I had a diamond in my house, I would make sure that it is well protected, that it is in a place where nobody's going to step on it, nobody's going to misuse it. So if I know my own value and my own worth, then the boundaries I set around that are not with the intention of getting other people to see that value. Instead, they're with the intention of saying, I am protecting my own and what I have. And I am also giving myself the attention, care, and... Right? Because when you don't set a boundary and you end up giving too much of yourself you feel resentful towards others, but also towards yourself. So setting boundaries for me, the huge mindset shift was, this is about me seeing my own value and worth and making sure that they are treated properly. If people change the way they treat me based on my boundary, good or bad, that's on them. That's not my focus. My focus is, have I done the right thing for myself? 
Okay, yeah. that's amazing. I love that. Now, I know your journey. Mm-hmm. So to hear you say that is so <laughs> damn profound. So if you don't mind taking us back mm. to maybe one instance where someone absolutely, whether you didn't have a boundary or, or someone disrespected you and crossed your boundary. And then I would love to talk about how you've then been able to evolve to be that person that literally just sat there and said that because so many people want to get to that point. So many people right now want to change their lives. They understand that they're being mistreated. You know, so much empowerment content out there, but they don't know how. Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind, actually take me back to a time that you really felt betrayed, that someone really dis- did respect you, and then let's piece that apart. I can actually tell you an ongoing story in my life that took place over years. So I was 17 when I enrolled in university. And I had just moved to Canada about a year before that. So I didn't really have many friends. So most of the friends I made were in university. So I make all of these friends. Anytime there's a birthday for one of them, I'm invited. Everybody else is invited. They, you know, tell us how much we should be pitching for the gift that they've chosen for this one person. And I did that year after year after year. Until one day I realized no one had ever done that over that span of years for me. And I didn't notice it every single year, honestly, because I think I didn't think I deserved something like that. I was just grateful that I was invited to all of these gatherings. So, you know, a day came when after we graduated from university, we were still all in this WhatsApp group together and they would all share the same kind of events like oh it's this person's engagement let's all go out pitch in whatever and I would take part in that until one day um, I had come forward very publicly with a story um, something that involved an older person in our community and most of these girls were from that community and It was very public, and they knew that I was suffering um, and feeling very lonely. And they continued to chat in that group about just random life things and didn't even ask how I was doing or anything. And so it put me in a time in my life where I started asking myself, why have I allowed certain relationships to grow and evolve and continue when they weren't really relationships. I just fit a certain spot in that group and I contributed when I needed to contribute, but I never really got the same kind of support. So on that day, um, I decided I was going to leave that chat group, which I knew would be a huge issue. I think They were sending messages about meeting up for someone else in the group. And I just saw that message and I felt so hurt that no one asked me how I'm doing. So I just left the group. Was that an impulse move? It wasn't. It was and it wasn't. So it was in a way where over the years I had accumulated these revelations about where I stand. But I never really allowed myself to see it because I always had that narrative of, well, maybe my birthday's at an inconvenient time for them. Maybe, you know, you just tell yourself these stories. But on that day, it's like everything that has paused, caused a pause in me in the past, all of those moments came together and it was like, it's time to cut contact. 
it's time to stop getting involved in this group and giving your energy to it. And so I left the group and I remember immediately after one of them reached out and said, why did you leave the group? And my response to her was, I can't believe that I'm getting a message from you asking why I left the group, but I didn't get a message from you asking how I'm doing. And I wasn't saying it out of anger. I really meant that. Like, the, the time that you took to privately message me wasn't to make sure that I was okay. It was, so maybe, maybe your conscience was feeling guilty for not reaching out and you were like, oh, why did she leave the group? And now you're trying to show that you care so that you don't have to deal with that guilt. I didn't say those things to mm -hmm. her, but they were going through my mind. If you really care about me as a person, I know that you know what happened. So why would you ignore that? So from that day on, that was really hard for me to do because I was still in my I'm a people pleaser <laughs> years, very much so with everyone in my life, not just my friends. And from that day on, every time that I would be invited to an event that had to do with any of them, I would say no. And at first I felt guilty because I'm like, I don't want her to think I don't care about her. I don't. But again, it's not about them. I learned over time, a boundary is about me honoring not just myself in the moment, but I've been your friend for over 10 years. And if there were so many moments where there, there were opportunities for you to be there for me and celebrate me and you chose not to, then my boundary at this point can be based on I know that you had all those opportunities and chose not to. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to put myself in a place where now the only reason I'm getting those things from you is because I'm upset that this many years have passed and you haven't done it for me. Like I want that to come out of your heart, mm -hmm. not just because I made an issue of it. Because it doesn't need, you know, even two people to sit together and say that this is wrong when every single girl in the group was getting celebrated and their birthdays were made into big deals and each one of them would get the gift she's been wanting for so long, but I was the only one who didn't get that. Like, you didn't need me to tell you that that was wrong. So that was, that's an example of a big boundary I set at one point. And then from that point on, like I said, every time I get invited to anything, even if I bump into them, which is, it's difficult when you bump into someone mm. in person, and they say, like, we should go have a coffee or something. And I just say, you know, I have a lot going on in my life right now, maybe at some point in the future, but not now. And I, and I don't feel guilty. I don't feel bad. And again, take the focus back on me. I'm doing this because I've invested so much of my energy in this relationship for so long and it only depleted me. So I choose not to do that moving forward. That's so powerful. Oh my God, that's so powerful. Because what I love is you're not saying, hey, you need to treat me differently. You need to do this for me. You need to, right? Why aren't you including me? Yeah. Because to be honest, I can actually also see a world where you would feel like that. It's like, mm -hmm. maybe they don't hear me because I'm not speaking up. So I just need to say, hey, look, I want to feel important too. But even in saying, I want to feel important too, makes you feel really needy. And it makes you feel badly yes. about yourself. And it makes you feel like, to your point of like, if they're doing it for other people, 
Why aren't they naturally doing it for me? So in knowing that, how are you now starting to um, develop boundaries with friends, with partners, with people around mm. you and keeping yourself open and not being jaded by these past experiences? Because I think that that's so powerful for so many of us where yes. as we start to build, we want to come out, mm-hmm. we're building these you know, boundaries. Boundaries also can be seen as shutting people out. Mm-hmm. But first of all, this boundary that you just set for yourself is you doing your self-preservation, which I think is beautiful. But how are you now not using boundaries to shut people out, but actually use them as a better way to have a relationship with someone? I see boundaries as essential for healthy relationships and as necessary for your own self-preservation if you don't have boundaries then you are doing things for others out of feeling like you have to do them and if you don't do them then there's going to be a consequence so you're not really doing the thing because you really want to what Mm -hmm. you really want is to please that other person which goes against the whole purpose of boundaries you're trying to break that pattern of being a people pleaser in some way yes i understand sometimes in relationships you say you know what, this is something I'm willing to do. It's fine. I don't want to, but my partner also makes certain compromises for me. The compromise should never be your authenticity, your true self, you honoring who you are as a person. So if you feel discouraged from setting a boundary and that boundary genuinely stems from your understanding of who you are and what you want for yourself, if you're being discouraged from that because the other person feels like you're shutting them out by being your true self, Mm. well, are you really shutting them off if you're trying to show your true self? That's not your attempt. Your attempt isn't to shut them out. Your Mm -hmm. attempt is to say, hey, this is who I am. And for me to feel comfortable expressing myself in this way, I need to have a certain boundary with you. So I'm inviting you to a more real version of me that isn't being resentful because I'm feeling forced to hide certain parts of myself or say yes to certain things when I really want to say no just so that I could please you. Mm -hmm. I'm not shutting you out. I'm inviting you in to the real me. If your choice is to feel so offended by this boundary of mine and say you're shutting me out, then what you're asking me to do is to go back to a version of myself that I'm telling you I don't want to be. And so that's the kind of thinking I have now is if I set a boundary with a person and I've done like so much of this this last year in particular, if I set a boundary based on what I know I want for myself, I stick to my intentions behind that boundary. So the immediate response from someone who's really used to you being a certain way with them, once you set a boundary is they'll try to guilt you. So let's say you set a boundary with a family member where you you just don't want to see them as much anymore because you recognize that they trigger certain childhood wounds for you and you're just really trying to break off on your own and figure out your life on your own when there's been that enmeshment for so long. And you start going for a couple of days without visiting or answering your phone and 
you all of a sudden you'll get a passive aggressive message that is trying to guilt you into feeling like you're a bad daughter or you know why aren't we a priority anymore and so one thing I realized about myself is as soon as I catch that guilt that feeling of guilt that's being thrown at me mm-hmm. I don't want to feel it so I will go back on my boundary mm-hmm. But what I really need to do is hold that guilt and ask myself this question. Am I feeling guilty because I'm doing something wrong? Or am I feeling guilty because of my conditioning? That's all you need to ask yourself. Are you actually doing something wrong by choosing something that will bring you peace and that will help you on your healing journey? Even if it's a period of time without being in touch with certain people, your aim isn't, your intention isn't to hurt them. Your intention is to spend enough time with yourself where that noise around you is gone and you can see clearly. That's your intention. So you need to come back to it. That's not wrong. Your conditioning is telling you the comfort of others is more important than your own. And you need to break that conditioning and it begins with that moment of awareness. Am I feeling guilty because I'm doing something wrong or because of my conditioning? And you start there. So that's what I have been doing. And that helps you really lean into it even when you feel the guilt. Yeah. Because I'm like, the guilt is with me Mm. and I literally feel like I'm talking to it where... And I ask myself, how does it feel in my body? And it's tension and I feel antsy, like I need to do something about it. Or maybe sometimes I try to overcompensate by, you know, say if my boundary was to not answer calls at all times, then for a couple of days, I'll start like initiating calls on my own. And again, I'm human. I'm learning. I'm not going to be perfect at it right away. But I then I recognize, oh, this overcompensation thing is also... A pattern of mine from my younger years where I'll try to go overboard in trying to please someone after trying to speak up and sensing that they're not happy with that. So then I'll like give them a double dose of people pleasing so that they maybe they would forget about that. So now I see the guilt and I and I look at it and I say it's so interesting that all those years I didn't want to carry you, so I would go back on my voice and myself and what I want because I didn't want to feel you. But you're not even, like, I'm, I'm not the one who made you. You're coming from the outside, but I'm carrying you, and I will speak to you with compassion and walk you out because you're not mine to carry. I'm not doing anything that deserves me feeling guilty, but I felt guilty all of those <laughs> years. And so then you kind of make friends with that guilt. It's playing a protective role for you. So all those years when you would feel guilty, then you would people please again and you would keep that relationship. So the guilt was trying to protect you from exclusion and isolation. So, you know, I thank it and I don't I don't see that big disconnect between me and it. And so it's like I'm aware of it. And then when it bubbles up again, I'm like, there you are again. But you're not in power. I am. Mm. Wow. I've never heard of guilt spoken like that before. You greet your guilt. Greet your guilt. Greet your shame as well. Mm. Because a lot of the times it's also shame. So 
the question goes from, if we're dealing with guilt versus shame, it goes from, am I doing something wrong or is it my conditioning? Shame is, am I something wrong? Is something wrong with me? Or am I breaking my conditioning? Is something wrong with me for deciding to pursue my own dreams? Or is that my conditioning telling me that doing something that makes those around me uncomfortable means that there's something wrong with me? You know, like you, so then you deal with both the same. You carry that shame and you say, like, you honestly, I'm not the one who started you. You came from the outside. You were taught to me from the outside. And that's how we form our conditioning. All right. Well, here's a tricky question then. (laughs) What if the shame and guilt does come from your conditioning, but you've been so conditioned, you really do feel it and you don't recognize it's from your conditioning? Well, I think anyone who's listening to this right now and they're experiencing that exactly, that's going to be the moment of truth for them Mm -hmm. is wow, it's my conditioning and not actually the truth. Like the number of people I've spoken to who the moment you pose those two questions, Mm -hmm. am I doing something wrong or is it my conditioning? You see a light bulb and they're like, oh, wow, it is actually my conditioning. Like I actually thought that I was doing something wrong Mm -hmm. by (laughs) setting boundaries. So you have people who talk about boundaries and culture and they'll tell you you know in certain cultures like telling certain family members not to come over at a certain time is like it's wrong like I I see people leaving comments saying it's just so disrespectful and wrong and I'm like I used to believe that too to be the truth as in if I broke that that means something is wrong with me or I'm doing something wrong So you have to change the way you accept what your truth is Mm. from being taught to you from the outside to being like to coming from within. So do I really think it's wrong to tell a certain family member, I'm not ready for a visit at this time or I'm not comfortable with you coming over at this time? Is that wrong if my intention is that I don't want to be triggered, that I would like to have a peaceful evening or a peaceful holiday or whatever it is. Is that wrong? No. But if it's because that's stemming from within me, it's my intention. But is it wrong based on the culture that Mm. that person comes from? Yes. So if I believe that to be my truth, I will believe that's wrong. And if I believe If I go back to myself for my own truth, then I can be aware that all of that was conditioning. Mm -hmm. I get to choose what I believe at any point in my life. And I can I can acknowledge to someone, you know what? I see how you would see that as disrespectful. My intention is not to disrespect you. I genuinely can't handle this kind of um interaction at this time with everything that I'm going through and a person who really cares about you will look at that and admire you for it Mm -hmm. you know there's so many like older women specifically in my culture who at first showed me a lot of resistance to all the changes that I made and then in a moment of weakness they would say you know what I wish I lived my life the way you did and I think that's the hard part 
for them is to give themselves permission to believe a different truth could be possible and a different reality could be possible. And so they get angry with you for living that different reality mm -hmm. and truth mm -hmm. and blame you for living it when they weren't able to live it when really what they're feeling is I want that for myself. Yeah, God, as you were talking, I was like, it's so intertwined in their identity yes. that even if they want to, their identity, now they're challenging their identity. If they say, oh, look, everything you've believed in is just your mind. It's just, you know, the, the, the mindset that has been adopted by yeah. you, that's been taught by your parents. The second you start to question, it really does challenge your identity. And especially if you're, you know, in a big culture, you know, me the same as being yes. Greek, it's very prominent. And then the second you start to challenge that, it challenges everything you've ever believed in. So it's like, it may start as one thing, but you're like, oh my God, if I'm now challenging this, does this mean my whole identity, my whole existence yes. has been fake? isn't really mine and now mm -hmm. this becomes like you want to talk about self-awareness it's like yes. oh my god now it can unravel so much that can be so scary yes that now we actually know why sometimes we don't want to right we're much more resistant and we're going to point out other people going i can't believe you're doing that and then going inwards and saying actually this is something you've wanted it to you've just been too scared to actually yes. look at it in a previous inter interview of ours we talked about how some people don't give themselves permission to feel pain in a moment because they know if I feel it, I'm going to have to make a decision mm -hmm. based on it. And it's the same thing with this. If I allow myself to question one part of my identity that has been integral to my identity, then I'm so scared of all the other things it's going to unravel for me. And also I'm so scared of all the memories it's going to bring back for me from times that I lived by those things that now I'm questioning mm. and I know I'm just going to carry so much hatred towards myself or how could I have done this to myself? So we get stuck in the, do I question? Do I not question? Is there something wrong with me for questioning? Yeah. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with hires as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easier easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply.
As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. And in everything that you're saying, when I start to think about because I get asked questions a lot now, especially around religion and women really standing up for themselves and setting boundaries. I don't know if you are, but one of the things that I'm trying to figure out, communicate, understand is there's still a lot of resistance because people don't know what's possible. And what I mean by that is when people say to me, you know, my family or my husband or my partner, whatever, they have a certain belief system and They don't know, like, it's hard for them to be around, especially with family, right? You get, like, a lot of conflict. You don't have boundaries. You even said earlier, you're so intertwined. And especially when it's family, you've been so intertwined for your whole life. So there aren't any boundaries. And now, anytime they're like, well, I can't tell them not to come over. I can't not see them on Christmas. I can't. And I realize that that's an indicator for someone. The second you say, I can't, yes. I actually think that's an indicator that you haven't done the internal work to question, why don't you think you can? Yes. Because the answer really is, you don't have to go to your parents' house. You don't have to open the door. You don't have to invite them. And the, the, the rebuttal I got in one discussion was, of course I have to. Mm-hmm. Of course I have to open the door to my dad. And I'm like, why? Yeah. I understand maybe you don't want to disrespect him, but do you have to? If we just start there and then go, oh, you don't have to. Cool. What happens to your mental state when you do open the door? Mm-hmm. Because I'm all about, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. To me, your mental health is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. The most important thing on the planet, because if you don't have mental, your own sanity, mental health, you can't show up. You can't go after your dreams. You can't help your friends. You can't be a good partner. You're not going to be able to build a business. Like everything stems from mental health. And so when I start to think about people putting other people, people pleasing, like you Mm -hmm. said, ahead of their own mental health, I literally, I actually even said once, if you have to lie, lie. If you have to tell your family you're so sick, I'm so sorry I can't come to Thanksgiving because I'm so sick. (coughs) I don't advise lying. But if you're in a conflict where it's lie or mental health, absolutely put your mental health first. Yes. Which now if you just make that demand of yourself, now everything stems from it. Now you're able to set boundaries, to show up for yourself. Um, Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and then what you've experienced. Yes. So... 
I think that a lot of the times we say I can't set this boundary is because we're afraid of what it would mean about us if we say I don't want to see you. I don't want to open the door. I don't want to come to dinner with you or share this holiday with you. It's easier to say I can't do that because if I say I don't want to do that, I've been conditioned to believe that I'm a bad daughter, mm. bad friend, bad partner. There's something wrong with me. So I will stick to the safer option, which is I can't. And I'm not going to say it's the weaker option. I think it's the safer option. And you and I have discussed this before. Safety, in the sense that I'm protecting myself from something, is very different from safety, where it's like I'm being myself and I feel safe being with you. I'm opening myself and I feel safe being with you. So many of us live in that safety that's protective mode. It's survival mode. So I'll say, I can't. Because if I do, I'll be in trouble. If I say, I don't want to, mm -hmm. then I give the, the responsibility for my decision on my conditioning. I just can't do that. If I, I, I imagining doing that takes me down a rabbit hole of shame and feeling like I deserve to be excluded and I deserve to be ashamed and all of that. So I'm, I'm not going to say that I will not open the door. I'm going to say I cannot not open the door. And so having that awareness, I think, is very important. And then what happens when you say my mental health, my authenticity comes above all else and when I genuinely believe that then saying I don't want to do this or that with you in my view isn't an indication about how worthy I am in my view that's a reflection of my authenticity and me honoring my mental health mm -hmm. that's it it's not about um, you know if, if I If I say I don't want to meet with you or I don't want to see you, then I make it mean something about myself. It's like it, it's it's coming from within, going outwards. It's not something I'm internalizing based on the way that my external environment reacts to my decision. So now all of a sudden, when I look at my permission towards myself to be authentic to prioritize my mental health and my inner peace, when I look at those things as those are my responsibilities, my mental health is my responsibility. Living an authentic life, which we only have one life to live, is my responsibility. Taking care of my rest, my health, my sleep, my healing from my traumas, all of that is my responsibility. So if I am telling you that I don't want to do something to protect those things, then I'm not going to take it to mean that something's wrong with me when you react negatively to what I want or don't want. Because I know it's about me. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. And actually, if you react negatively to something like that, where you are going to treat me like something is wrong with me, or I've done this big mistake by setting a boundary with you, then very likely you aren't someone who 
should be this close to me because you trigger that those those earlier fears of mine that tell me that being myself is wrong and that to sustain and stay safe in that protective mode i have to say i can't instead of mm-hmm. saying i don't want to dude okay i am so blown away <laughs> and so impressed with your level of acknowledgement and then stepping into who you are today in your confidence because you've said so many times we've known each other now for many years you've said so many times right you really are this big warm heart right and it's like you just you ooze kindness from every Aww. pore that you have <laughs> and you know that about yourself and i also heard you say though you have to put a limit on your kindness yes so talk to me about that i thought that was so amazing mm-hmm. how you recognize that hey you can't just be kind to people that are disrespecting you how you start to put a limit to that and then how you start to articulate that to somebody yes. so you have to recognize that sometimes the kindest thing you can do for someone is to stop giving them your kindness because what you're teaching them by your unconditional kindness is you can treat me like a piece of garbage and i'm still going to be overly kind to you i'm still going to be giving and caring and treat you as if I am reciprocating something great that you're giving me which is the complete opposite. So the kindest thing I can do for you mm-hmm. is stop giving you my kindness. Maybe you will learn a lesson on your own that you can't speak this way to people. So that's a boundary I'm setting with you and with myself where I'm saying I am not going to continue spilling this kindness of mine just everywhere especially with people who they don't have anything to contain that kindness it's just spilling you pour it into them and it's spilling mm-hmm. they're not seeing it it's not making a difference with them and you're you end up feeling depleted as well so you can say kill them with kindness be kind all the time which i i say that all the time but your kindness sometimes is stopping your kindness mm-hmm. with them and give it to someone else give it to yourself instead of like overcompensating for whatever it is that they need to be doing for themselves so we talked before about giving people excuses and saying oh maybe they had a, a bad childhood maybe this maybe that people do this a lot in relationships they'll excuse a lot of their partner's behavior because of those stories those excuses so what you're doing by being unconditionally kind in the this general sense that you and I are talking about is you are making up for the work that they need to be doing so instead of pulling yourself away when you are being mistreated and giving yourself that kindness based on the way that you were mistreated by sitting mm-hmm. with yourself and saying you didn't deserve this i'm sorry you deserve love you deserve respect all of that so instead of doing all of that for yourself instead you overextend your kindness to them because you empathize with the excuses with the stories you end up hurting yourself you end up hurting them because they are not doing the work that they need to do they are being the message that is sent to them is i can do whatever i want and you will continue being this way with me 
And again, boundaries aren't about any choice you make isn't about the other person. It's about you. And in this case in particular, taking that kindness that you were going to just shower them with and putting it into yourself, that's the kindness you need to give yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the kindness you need to be giving at that time, period. So that's my stance on kindness. Also, if being kind with others comes at odds or in opposition with me being kind to myself, then that's not kindness. That's people-pleasing, that's oversharing, that's trying to get their attention or their affection. I will never compromise my self-kindness for being kind to someone else because that's just not fair to me. And the only person who's responsible for my decisions is me. One of the questions you asked me earlier is, like, how did you get to this point where you could set boundaries like this and, and not feel that? And I think one of the most important things for me has been I'm no longer waiting for someone to come and save me. I'm no longer waiting for someone to come and speak to me the way I know I deserve to be spoken to. I no longer am waiting for someone to do all the things for me that I was deprived of. Now I see that I'm the one responsible for giving myself those things. And it's not in a negative sense of the word, mm -hmm. like it's my responsibility. It's in a beautiful, empowering sense of the word. I'm not going to sit around and wait for the right person to come and treat me right. I'm going to treat myself right. And that person will walk into my life and I will have such high boundaries and standards that I'm not going to shrink myself or or lower my standards or be lenient on my boundaries just because someone external to me is treating me better or it, I'm, I'm doing that internal work myself. So changing your mindset about being saved externally, about being treated differently from external sources, mm -hmm. like I deserve this. Like I, I saw this on The Bachelor, which... It's so huge now. Everybody's watching it. Um, one of the contestants, when she was eliminated, she just sat there and cried. And, you know, I know I deserve this. I deserve to be married at this age. I deserve to have kids at this age. I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. And none of what she said was about who she is as a person. Mm -hmm. It was just, I deserve these things. And as long as you wait around just focusing on what you deserve without it, it you can know what you deserve but not sit there and get so hurt when a person isn't offering it to you and you're like why aren't you offering it to me I deserve it well maybe this person doesn't want to offer it to you maybe you're not the person that they want so you have to draw that line between knowing your worth and wanting the whole world to mm -hmm. see your worth just because you know your worth so if you know your worth give yourself what you need and also question why you think at this point these are the things that are going to make you happy like if you're not married at this point or if you don't have kids at this point who taught you that it's wrong to be at this age without being married and having kids who taught you that like really ask yourself those questions so mm -hmm. That's also part of self-kindness too, because we're so hard on ourselves based on the truth we were fed 
should be our truth. Mm -hmm. So in being kind to yourself, you allow yourself to ask yourself these questions and break your conditioning. And that's what I did for myself because I'm 32 now. <laughs> and I've been asked at least, I can't even count how many times in the last over 10 years, when are you going to get married and have kids? <laughs> when are you going to get married and have kids? Because women specifically in my culture get married very young. And for the longest time, I felt like something was wrong with me for not having someone propose. And now I'm at a point in my life where I recognize that for so many years in my life, I operated in a way where there was always something in the back of my head telling me, well, it doesn't matter how much education you get, like, you're still not married, you still don't <laughs> have kids. And do you think that's my voice, knowing me as a person? Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, it's all everyone else's voice in your head. In my head. Yeah. So part of my kindness towards myself yeah. is to be compassionate with that younger self of mine and telling her, it's okay that you put yourself in situations when you were younger where people weren't the nicest to you, where men in particular weren't the nicest to you because... You thought that you had to be a certain way to be liked or to be loved or to be considered as a potential wife one day. So I sit with that younger self of mine and I say, I get it. You were acting based on what the reality you lived in taught you was the truth. Mm -hmm. And so I can do that. And now my younger self, all those past versions, they don't feel like they're judged by me. They feel like they're loved by me, you know? And now they're they're with me on this journey. Oh God, I love that. And then going back to what something you said that was so powerful about the deserve piece, right? I deserve this, yeah. I deserve that. Um, I think A, you need to absolutely believe it, right? Because if you don't believe yes. it, then that's you just dead in the water. Mm -hmm. And then B, do you actually act as in as if you believe it? Because as we're talking about boundaries, right? If you're sitting there saying, I deserve a healthy relationship, okay amazing the fact that you know you deserve it is the first freaking step now the second step is are you entering a relationship where you show them that you deserve to be treated well right like a healthy relationship mm -hmm. which means boundaries so if you're telling yourself i deserve this are you actually acting in accordance yes. that's so important to me because mm -hmm. sitting there saying i deserve it yeah and then like looking around like all right when's it coming yes you're never going to get there but if you say I deserve a beautiful, healthy relationship. And in order to do that, I'm going to set boundaries. I'm going to be very clear with my partner. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to accept them for who they are. I'm going to make sure they accept me for who I am. All these things that are going to be important to have a healthy relationship. Absolutely. And so going back to that scene when she kept saying, I deserve to be married at this age. I deserve to have kids. She also didn't say anything about the guy. Like, mm. oh, I like him. I really liked him and that's why I'm hurt. Her biggest pain was, why am I not getting what I deserve? It's the rejection piece. Yes, yeah. and many of us in relationships will do that. Where we enter, we know our worth, we know what we deserve, but we don't act upon it. What we do is we try to get that person to treat us based on what we know we deserve. So if I'm not getting treated the way that I know I deserve to be treated, a healthy person would immediately start setting boundaries, which could get to a point where I cut contact mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. But what many people do is continue to try to change that person so that they could get what they deserve. Mm -hmm. So I will 
continue to remind you what I deserve <laughs> and you will continue to let me down. And that becomes when we talk about trauma bonds, which I don't think you and I have ever spoken about. But that becomes a sort of a trauma bond where I am depending on you to treat me right so that I could feel like my belief about what I deserve is correct and valid instead of me saying, I don't deserve to be treated the way you're treating me. And, and not necessarily using these words, but you always have to remind a person of what you accept and what you don't accept and what the consequence or what will happen if they overstep a boundary of yours. And even if you don't tell them, you act upon it. Actions are very important. But many of us don't do that in relationships because we're afraid if I set this boundary, then the relationship might be over. So we'll just continue to try to change the person, change the relationship to keep the relationship, mm -hmm. but we're miserable in it. And we can say, we can know what we deserve but the doing part is the part that we struggle in mm. because we're so afraid. Remember, authenticity and connection. So if my authenticity is going to jeopardize this connection, I'll get rid of my authenticity for the connection. But now I'm miserable because mm -hmm. I'm not being myself. And we do that in relationships. Oh, that's so true. If you don't mind, just in case people haven't heard about trauma bonds, breaking down, yes. quickly explaining what that is. And then if you have an example of a trauma bond maybe you've had, that would be... Yeah, so a trauma bond is if you were to break the word apart. So you are bonding with a person based on a trauma of yours. They feed your trauma and you in a certain way are feeding their trauma as well. Most trauma bonds that happen, people will look at one of the two in the relationship and say, oh, she's trauma bonded. But the other person mm -hmm. is trauma bonded too because for the trauma bond to happen, there are two people that have to, it's a feedback loop. So say, for example, you have a belief about yourself that you don't deserve a healthy love and you're with someone who doesn't love you in a healthy way. So then what you will do is you will try to change that belief about yourself through this person by convincing them to love you properly so that you can prove to yourself that you deserve love. So what happens is every time they don't give you healthy love, your trauma is triggered. But this is why you see very strong people and you think when you hear that they've just gotten out of, a, of an abusive relationship, you think, I would have never guessed that she or he would be in an abusive relationship. Like, they're so strong. I, nev I never would have guessed. Well, it's because when your trauma is triggered then you're taken back to your survival mode. Mm. You're taken back to that safety that wants to protect you from something, not the safety that's open and vulnerable. So you become much weaker when your trauma is triggered and you act based on the very minimal supports you have around you. And so you will act out of behavior. You will beg and plead. And then a few hours later, you're sitting with yourself and your mind and you're thinking, why am I doing this to myself? Why do I keep trying to get this person's love, this person's healthy love, when they've continued to show me over and over that they're not willing to give it to me? They'll give it to me in little doses here and there to show me they can, but it's not consistent. And so 
then you think, okay, well, maybe if I try this other thing, it'll work. Or sometimes you might think, okay, I need to make the right decision for myself. So I'm going to distance myself and not allow this person to have access to me. And then what sometimes happens, because remember, the two people are trauma bonded, this person will sense Mm -hmm. that the one who's always coming for that healthy love has stopped. Now, this is th- the person is threatened that connection is threatened so this might person might show you a little bit of love again to lure you back in or hook you back in and so it all goes back to the way it was before mm-hmm. very unhealthy and so you're triggered and your your whole dynamic with how you treat yourself and you treat the world around you is based on this cycle of your trauma being triggered based on the way that this person is treating you and then you Try to soothe yourself through changing them and then you realize you're not going to change them. But then you're sitting with self-judgment and self-shame and you're like, I'm going to leave, I'm going to do this, going to do that. And then you go back to try something else and you go back to try something else. So the bond becomes stronger. Mm -hmm. One thing I did with my therapist that's so strong, I wish I had it with me right now. Um, She asked me to take out a piece of thread And she said, hold it on both sides and hold it like really tightly and pull it in both directions. Like what happens? And she said, this is you and this is the other person, whoever it is. Trauma bonds don't happen just in romantic relationships. They happen with family, with friends, with bosses. So whoever is listening, just try to apply this to your situation. Most mostly romantic relationships. So you're on one side, the other person is on the other side and this person is pulling and so what's happening to you Mm. you're moving in their direction so as long as you're moving in their direction you're moving far away from yourself and then you might pull back and then you're pulling them in the opposite direction Mm. what's like look at my fists and how they are i'm pulling really tight so there's a lot of tension there's a lot of this is not an an inner peace kind of existence it's very much push and pull So my therapist said to me, what's the best way for you to just be yourself? And I went like this. It was one of the most powerful things I've done in my life, honestly. I did that and I put my hand on my heart. like, And that's the only way to break it is to stop playing into it, is to stop being pulled by it, is to stop pulling, is to stop hoping for it to change. And I also said to her, because what I really want to do isn't this. It's like this. Come together. together. There doesn't have to be a distance for this to work. It's just you can be open with that person and you can be vulnerable and be yourself and you have something together. Like how beautiful is that? Mm -hmm. But with trauma bonds, a big part of the reason why we stay in them is that hope that that person's actions are going to change for us a belief that we have about ourselves. And as long as that person is triggering that belief, we're going to be stuck. The more distance we take, in another interview of ours, you and I talked about having a very strong support system. The stronger your support system is, the more likely you are to stop relying on one person to save you and help you and 
And when they are the ones feeding you your reality, like telling you things like, oh, you're asking for too much love or you're this or you're that, you start believing it. But when you surround yourself with people who challenge that narrative, then you allow yourself in a way to challenge that narrative because you're given the safe space to challenge it. Mm. Um, and one really powerful thing also I learned through therapy is um, this blew my mind. So, so imagine the river of healing and you're trying to get to the other side of your trauma. And so she's like, imagine trauma as a vortex in that water. And so the closer you get to it, so when you get triggered, the more likely you are to spiral down. So that's when your, your resources become very scarce. You go back into your survival mode. You just want to be safe. The wider your support network is at the top, the less likely you are to be pulled into it. Mm -hmm. And the more likely you are to get to the other side. So it is so essential that if you are in any type of relationship where you are trauma bonded and you know this, begin expanding your support network because that support network will help you get to the other side without spiraling down as much as you normally are. So you'll start lessening that and lessening it more and more and more until you get to a point where you're not spiraling anymore. You get to the other side and you look back and say, that version of me who was living in survival mode, who constantly was putting herself in, in a place, and I'm not saying this in a victim-blaming kind of way, who was putting herself in a place where she was constantly being told that she doesn't deserve a healthy love that part of me was living in her survival mode and it she was acting on my childhood traumas and uh, those beliefs that didn't even stem from within me or within her so when you can again go back to your past self who went through that cycle of trying to get what you deserve from someone or trying to change your belief about yourself through someone, when you go back to that person, instead of judging her, you tell her, I get it. Like you were acting this way because this belief of yours that you didn't deserve love has existed with you your whole life and you really thought that you could change it through someone else's love. Like I get that. And the reason you weren't leaving for so long because so many people judge themselves for not leaving the reason you weren't leaving for so long isn't because you didn't want to leave and because you didn't want to feel this beautiful connection with someone and feel this healthy love it's because your conditioning has taught you that the safest kind of love is this kind of love you've never experienced healthy love that loves you unconditionally. Mm -hmm. You've experienced conditional love where the moment you try to express your needs, you are made to feel like you are being too much. You're going to be shut out. So instead of being shut out, you choose to just protect yourself and, and keep that connection. Mm -hmm. So when you give yourself that understanding and you know that the not leaving part was really protecting a younger part of you that couldn't leave when they wanted to, right? Like many people come from um, families where their parents were 
abusive towards each other or one of their parents was abusive towards the other. And so they witness that kind of love and they grow up maybe logically knowing that's not what I want. That's so familiar to you and you lived through it. And when you were younger, when you were in an unsafe environment where you felt like you wanted to leave, you physically could not leave. And so something inside of you taught you staying is the right thing to do. Or maybe one of your parents staying taught you staying is the right thing to do. And so now as an adult, when you're going through this relationship, instead of judging yourself for not leaving, remember that not leaving part is trying to protect you and that younger mm. you from the consequences of leaving. But now you know better and your body knows better because you have allowed it to change the way it's thinking by expanding your truth and your reality by putting yourself in circles of people who see you for who you are and who appreciate you for who you are and who see your worthiness and by seeking therapy and by doing inner work and so when you do all of those things you are distancing yourself from the same pattern you fell into from a very young age. And so, but, but that person that went through all of that is part of you. So don't judge her or don't judge them. See them as like, you're the reason I'm here. And, and uh, there's no separation. Because when you do that, you live in conflict with yourself. There's one movie with What's her name? She's so popular. She's the girl off of um, that 70s show. Mila Kunis. Yes. The, the, her newest movie on Netflix where she plays the part of being this girl who's like, she's the it girl. So she tells the guy, I don't care about having kids. I don't, I don't care about having a big wedding. She, like, she basically feeds what she thinks will make him like mm -hmm. her. And throughout the movie they show you that she's living in two separate realities she had left her old self behind because she was so ashamed of her and then by the end of the movie i'm not going to spoil it for anybody but that separation between your past self and your present self it, it eats you up alive because you are aching that old part of you is aching to be seen by you and it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Ignore it for the rest of your life. It'll come at your de deathbed. It's not going anywhere. You have to meet yourself in all of those past versions of you. There's so much to unpack here. Okay, there's so much to unpack. They're so powerful. The big, the biggest things that I really want to make sure that we cover is as you were talking, right? Look, when you talk about trauma, you even say yeah. you've been carrying it your whole life. It's fascinating, and I really hope this hits people as much as it hit me. You've been in this trauma, with this mindset, with this feeling, 20, 30 years. Yeah. But yet we expect, we hear one interview, oh, okay, I'm done, and I'm changed. Mm -hmm. It's like, if we can give ourselves the grace to say, hey, you've been dealing with this for 25 years, yes. however old you are now, right? Yes. Now give yourself the grace that it may take another five, 10 Absolutely. years to start to finally actually mm -hmm. get to be to the place that you want to be. And I think that that's really powerful because we so try to, in today's culture where it's very quick, right? Like with Postmate and Uber and shit yeah. like that. Like you want everything quickly. I want things quickly. But at the same time, if I say to myself, oh my God, I haven't fixed this trauma yet. Oh my God, I haven't gone over that. I haven't been able to set boundaries. 
it's like, of course it's not going to happen overnight. If you realize that you're mm. an accumulation of 20 or 30 years in the making, yes. then hopefully you can realize it's going to take time to start to unwire. Absolutely. Um, and then the other thing that you were saying is you said, surround yourself with people that expand your vision. When you said that, that hit me so hard. And the reason why is I got married. So I've been married for 20 years, as you know, I got married. And I would say to my husband, the things that I don't think I'll ever be okay with, <laughs> like ever in my life, yeah. is if you ever hit me or if you ever cheated on me. And so up front, before we get married, so you know who you're marrying, these are my non-negotiables, right? Mm -hmm. Don't hit me and don't, um, don't cheat on me. Either of those two, I'm out the freaking door. There's no explanation. I'm not even going to let you breathe a word. I'm out the door. And so I set that up from the beginning. Then I get married. I go to Cyprus to see my grandmother because my grandmother couldn't come to England for our wedding. So now I'm married. Tom meets my grandmother for the first time. She's this little, little old Greek lady <laughs> living in the mountains of Cyprus. She sadly passed away now, but that's Aww. where she was. So we go to see her. She meets Tom for the first time. Amazing. She starts talking to me in Greek because Tom can't understand Greek, but she can't speak English in a way. So she starts talking to me in Greek, giving me the words of wisdom, right? My grandma at this point has been married for over 60 years. So I'm thinking she's going to give me the, like literally the keys to the kingdom. And she pulls me aside and with total deadpan, not joking, <laughs> not trying to be hyperbolic, nothing. She just says to me, now look, if Tom has to hit you, because you've, because you've misbehaved, don't worry, that's just marriage. Oh my goodness. Because I didn't grow up with that mindset, when she said it, it was like, you believe that? Like, it really hit me. But take the other person that grew up, maybe my, my aunt, her daughter, my other, grand, my other um, cousins that grew up basically seeing her every single day. What is their belief system? How has her idea that she was taught based on the fact that she was this old woman in the village, that she mm. was taught that, that's been her survival, right? I've never seen my grandmother, uh, my grandfather hit her, but for some reason, that's the mentality she has to survive as a woman, to have a great relationship, wow. that's her takeaway. And now to your point of being able to make sure that you're around people, a wider, a wider range of people mm -hmm. that have different types of belief, that have different ways of thinking, because God forbid, if I was brought up on that, would I still have that mindset? Would I be with Tom and never have given him that non-negotiable? Because I would have perceived that a woman having physical abuse by her husband is okay. Probably you would have had that belief because you are a product of your upbringing and conditioning. And I grew up hearing that all the time too. And I, it's very normalized. Um, and it's so wrong. And when you start speaking up against it, you'll have people say, well, how is a woman going to learn? And so a lot of it is very much based in objectifying women and looking at them as they only serve a certain purpose. I was in Lebanon for a day this summer. My grandma passed away. And mm -hmm. a bunch of people were, were sitting there at the end of the day. And one woman she was talking to my mom about her husband or something and I just overheard and she was speaking in Arabic and she said something that in Arabic rhymes but in English doesn't but this is the meaning of it a man is mercy even if he's a piece of burning coal meaning what? like a man is mercy for a woman 
Oh. Even if he burns her or hurts her or so I heard that and I'd never heard that in my life and I was like wow like there is this over glamorization of how much women should accept from men based on these old beliefs that I don't even know where they come from or when they started and at the end of the day I think women have so much more power than they know in relationships and i think when you have not just men but also women giving you those messages it really mm-hmm. disempowers you so make sure that you do surround yourself with people who will not feed that narrative that tells you stay small you know i've heard messages like it it doesn't matter like how much money you make don't share that with like don't talk to your partner about how much money you make because a man is a man and he's going to feel like you're trying to be better than him and you're like but why or you hear messaging that tells you all men cheat because that's just how men are wired and some people believe that some people believe that that is hard mm-hmm. facts and so you have to make sure you put yourself in circles of people who are like-minded in terms of their values and in terms of seeing humans and women as humans mm. and not living by these big um ancient backwards beliefs that a woman can be hit and a woman needs to be disciplined and what's happening in Iran right now mm. right it's it is so disgusting to me So I'll be very clear on the specific incident I'm talking about because I shared something on Instagram and people were like, "Well, it's not just about viewing women as objects." And I was like, "I know, the whole regime is wrong." But what happened recently with Mahsa Amini being killed because she showed a little bit of her hair and then all the like, barrage of videos was released of different like religious figures back there making videos about women being like animals and needing to be disciplined and it's disgusting it's disturbing to think that there are parts of the world where that's how we still look at women like it, you'll hear people here talk about women in this way like very recently when Andrew Tate went mm-hmm. viral and uh, you had it was shocking to me the number of men and women in his comments who were agreeing with the things that he was saying where he would talk about how important it is for a woman to have a very low body count but if for men it doesn't matter so like he's drawing these comparisons mm-hmm. based on all the all the negative views we've had of women and men throughout the ages and he just like gave a platform to everybody who believed that way to be like yeah see someone famous is talking in this way too it's so disheartening so make sure you're not listening to people like that and make sure that the people you idolize and take advice from that you also give yourself permission to question whether you believe what they're telling you 
You've said it many times before, and I want to really echo it in this discussion specifically because everything we've spoken about, right? It's almost like, look, you, if you if you're born in a very specific culture like mine, like yours, you're going to get a lot of messaging about what you deserve, what type of partner mm-hmm. you should be, what type of woman you should be. Um, and then you're also hearing messages, right? Like you even said, Andrew Tate is in the news right now. Like, are we living in like the 1950s people? <laughs> But it's still there. So I go, and you've even said, you can't change people. So now I go, we know we can't change people. All we can do is say, what have I been taught? What's the belief system I have? And then how do I show up every day Showing that it's not okay to disrespect me. It's not okay to um, mm-hmm. put me in a bucket to, yeah. you know, marginalize me in a relationship to overstep the boundaries, to ever physically abuse me. And so as we start to talk about this, I really think it does come back to, you, you know, at the beginning you were saying, it's like, it's your boundaries that you're putting in place to say what I will accept and what I won't accept. Who you follow, that is up to you, right? That is a boundary mm-hmm. that you're putting. Either you press follow and now you're feeding that negativity or you unfollow, like that is in your control. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously when it comes to relationships, it's a little harder, it's never yes. black and white. But for you in your whole evolution, because you've just laid out so beautifully where you've come from, the things that you've been through and the messages that you've been given, even just saying it's still happening now Mm -hmm. in other countries. So how are you? Like when people look at you now, if they don't know your past, they're going to dismiss the confidence that you have when you talk about boundary setting, when you talk about Mm -hmm. self-love, like putting yourself first. But it's been a journey for you to be able to sit here So how have you, like if people are listening right now and they're looking at you and they're like, how do I become you? Not even become you, right? but, but be able to stand in my own as mm-hmm. a woman, freaking own it, put boundaries and open myself up because that's the final piece you've said multiple times in this interview. Mm-hmm. There's two types of safety. There's the safety where you wrap your arms around you and protect yourself. No one can get in. Yes, no There's vulnerability. An- It's scary. Exactly. Then there's the other type of safety where you trust and you let people in and the people that you trust now become that safety. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about how the hell you've gone from the person that listened to your culture, ended up being the people pleaser, protected herself by putting her arms around herself to now being a freaking badass, sitting there talking about boundaries Mm -hmm. and having your arms open for safety. So this is one of the things that I talked about in the Um, book slash guide that I wrote for script and it's about learning how to trust your heart so the first thing I need you to do as a person listening to this is you know how when someone asks you how are you today you're very likely to just say oh I'm good how are you Mm -hmm. but then when they ask you how are you really that's a different question like that digs deep so If I were to ask you, who are you, right? You might tell me, oh, I'm Lisa. I have this podcast. I've written this book. I built a billion dollar company, all that stuff. But if I say, who are you really? That digs mm-hmm. deep. So the first question, any person who's looking to change their life and transform it in a way where they are the one leading that life and trusting themselves and leading that life because the self-trust piece is so hard to get to. When you've been following rules your whole life, you're like, I'm not a leader. Tell me what to do. So trusting yourself 
on a path that you've never been down before, it's hard. But when it's based on who you are and what you believe for yourself, then you can give yourself the grace mm-hmm. to make mistakes as a leader in your life because you've been giving that grace for everyone else in your life who's been leading you up to this point. You can do that for yourself. But when you don't know that self of yours, then if you have no leadership. You were talking about that North Star earlier. You have no leadership. You don't have something to fall back onto that says, well, at least I have myself. Mm. So begin by asking yourself that question, who am I really? And not only does that bring out the things that you are scared of other people seeing, like when someone asks you, who are you really? You might bring something up that really scares you, right? You're not only bringing up the things that scare you about yourself, like I'm a very sensitive person. I'm an empath, which means a lot of times people take advantage of me. I'm this, I'm that. But it also brings up all the beautiful things about you that you haven't given yourself permission to see and to look at yourself as these are things that actually add to my value. They make me who I am. They make me beautiful because maybe the environment you were around or that you were surrounded by never looked at those parts of you and said, that's beautiful. So when you really dig deep on your own, and that answer comes to you, if you were to close your eyes right now as you're listening to this and ask yourself, who am I really? In a few minutes, you'll start crying because you'll start coming in touch with your true self, who's probably been waiting for years. When is, when is she going to ask me? When is she going to try to bring me to the surface? So when I started asking myself, who am I? I started seeing the stark difference in who my true self or how my true self would live and how I was living. Do you mind sharing that? Yeah. So one of the biggest decisions I made was when I took my hijab off. That was one of the defining moments in my life when I asked myself, who am I? And I started imagining in a hundred years, if someone were to write a biography about me, what would it look like? And I saw a picture of myself without it. And it hit me like a lightning bolt. That's when I knew I am not living in the way that I see myself. I'm living in the way that others see me because I've always been taught this makes me a better person. This, Mm. you know, this makes me more enough, whatever that means. Same thing, for example, with moving out of my parents' home without being married because I'd always been taught that you leave your parents' home to your husband's home. This is how our culture is. You know, our daughters leave when, so do our sons. It's not just daughters and sons. But now I look at it and see, and even at that time when I started contemplating leaving my parents' home, it's like, why do I have to leave from living in a man's home under his rules to another man's home under his rules? Why can't I have that time in between where I'm me and I have my own rules? And I have so many girls come up to me saying, how did you do that? I want to do it too. And then their parents hate me because they think I'm a bad influence. And I always say... If I inspire a girl or a woman to live her life authentically, hate me. That's fine. Because 
that's that there's nothing more powerful than doing that for someone and especially young girls and women who've been put in these imaginary cages of this is the limit of what you can be as a woman and I think when you start making decisions for yourself and accept that you're being a disappointment to others and you're being hated by mm-hmm. others it gives you a different level of self-conviction because you're always coming back to yourself and saying, is this exclusion, is this feeling that I've disappointed someone, is this feeling that I've let someone down, is it worth the change I'm making for myself? Yes, it is. Like you're the one giving yourself that validation. Like you're going to be upset with me for something I did to better myself. Be upset, right? I love that so much. And I didn't want to interrupt you, but there's something where you say, like, like, I can't, you know, like, why can't I? People believe, right? Like, I have to go from one, my parents' house, you know, under my father's rule to now my husband's house yeah. under his rule. And it's like, well, why can't I actually go live on my own? And I love that you've said in the past where it's like, instead of saying, why can't I do this? Ask yourself, why don't I? Yes. Dude, that is so damn powerful <laughs> in changing that one word. Yes. You've literally gone from feeling helpless why can't I? Someone please give me permission to, why don't I? Oh, I can own this shit. Yes. It's so powerful. Yes. When you say, why can't I? You're, you're basically telling yourself it's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's undoable. You can't do it. And you change the question so why, to why don't I do that? And then all of a sudden, again, your past flashes before your eyes and all those moments where you didn't do certain things because you thought that you couldn't do them right and so there's a there's a certain level of motivation that comes with wanting to stand up for yourself in all of those other moments Mm -hmm. and saying well maybe now I haven't done this because I have never done it but I can do it and it's it feels hard because I've never done it before but it doesn't mean I can't, I will. And you do it little by little. And on my own journey of coming into myself, even this morning, I told you in my hotel room, I was like, initially I had told myself a few days ago, like I'm gonna wear red lipstick because I've gone through a really rough patch and I'm like, you know, it's it's a bold time for me. I'm me, you know? And then in the morning I put my makeup on and then I looked at the red lipstick and I was like, no. So I took out my like, the color that I had on last time and I was like um I will just do what I've done and then because you felt insecure because I felt like maybe I'm not feeling that strong today like maybe I shouldn't be this bold maybe why shouldn't you is that an old belief it so I've had this belief about the way I dress for a long time Mm. that like if I wear something like this then I'm asking for attention or it's wrong to dress this way and so for a long time like if I did dress this way I would do it while I was on vacation where people didn't know me or sometimes I would post pictures but I would never be seen that way in public around the same people that I would normally Mm. see and it's only been very very recently that I tell myself Again, what is my intention? So my intention today, so I was thinking of blending into the couch like I did last time. Because I'm like, that's, you know. (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. You did, you wore all beige. And for people who listen on podcasts, the sofas are beige. 
just the contents. Yes. So I was, it was like just pink and beige. And then I had this like very nude lipstick. So I really blended in. It was just my hair and my eyes that kind <laughs> of stood out. So a few days ago, I was like, I was going to wear, honestly, like a champagne colored shirt, very light and like light, a uh, light skirt and light shoes and everything. And I was like, I have had this look in my mind of wanting to wear just a very simple black look with these boots that I've bought months ago that today is my first time putting them on. And I want to do a bold red lip like I always did before. And so as I was doing my makeup, I went back to that color. And then I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, nope, we're wearing red lipstick today. <laughs> and I just put it on and I, I honestly felt like an old maybe two three years ago version of me came back out that mm. was like I don't care what people think and I really don't care what people think but remember the difference between knowing and doing mm. there's still a part of me you know the one who lived 20 for 28 years thinking that showing your hair and your skin is shameful but also wearing tight clothes and showing certain parts of your body is shameful and sinful and so I, when I feel down, remember like with a trauma vortex, mm -hmm. when you feel down, it kind of weakens you and takes mm -hmm. you back to your survival mode. And so I had to pull myself out of that and say, today I am feeling this strong and this bold and that's just how it's going to be. And you just, you say that to yourself and also say it to the world around you. I one time had a friend, speaking of putting yourself in, in circles of the right people, who shortly after I had started like I took my hijab off I was living on my own and she asked me to go out for lunch and this was one of the girls that I told you earlier I removed myself from that group she was so I was like you know maybe I'll give her she was she said this one was super nice to me I'll give her a, a an opportunity so we're having lunch and then she looked at me and she said you know I'm okay with you not wearing your hijab anymore but can't you dress a little more classy I swear she said that to me and I was like, <laughs> I just looked at her and in my mind, this was what was going on. How dare you say something like that? But I didn't say that to her. I just looked at her and then she kept going and going and she's like, you know, like you think of people like Audrey Hepburn who is very classy like she never wore short skirts and she never showed her cleavage let me and tell you if instagram story you? was around she'd be showing her cleavage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean different times exactly. are but why are you making that comparison yes. why are you telling me she's classy and this is another example of pitting women against women mm. right so she's telling me why can't you dress like her and still be classy and i just said to her the way i dress is none of your business did you really say yeah, that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, girl. And I actually yeah. haven't spoken to her since that day because I couldn't believe that that's the level of entitlement you think you have into my life and into my choices for myself. So today, when I look at myself, I don't look at myself and say, oh, I'm showing so much skin. I look at myself and I say, I'm wearing something that I picked out for myself, that I love the way it looks on me, that I worked very hard to get to a point where I could buy something like mm. this. I chose the lipstick color I'm wearing. I, that's what I see. I see a woman who knows what she wants and who 
will do it regardless of what people think. But what some people see is skin. Mm-hmm. And that just shows how they see people. God, yeah, and everything you're talking about, you really do have to do the internal work first because I think a big part of it is is where you've gotten to now. You're, you're very comfortable. I'm not saying it's easy for you at all, but you're very comfortable in this direction that you've gone in. So if someone turns around you go, oh my God, you've changed. or You, you so have a North Star. You understand yeah. what you're trying to do for yourself that you're no longer going to retreat to try and please other people Absolutely. if they don't approve. Yes. Um, and what happens is it becomes these small little moments that people don't realize is either eroding our confidence or building our confidence. Mm-hmm. And in moments like that, you could have made peace. You, you, right? you could have like brushed it under. You could have changed the subject to be like, anyway, what Netflix show are you watching? Right? Yeah. You could have just yeah. changed the subject. But you didn't. You stared at her and was like, this isn't okay. And that is such a massive evolution of where you've come. And I think the reason why some people between the knowledge and then the doing, right, the knowing the doing is you can tell yourself, okay, I'm going to wear the, wear the yeah. red lipstick. I'm going to put on the dress. I'm going to go on to Lisa's show. And now you come here and you feel great. There's a whole other thing that if you start reading the comments and now people are throwing shade at you saying, I fucking hate your dress, that lipstick's terrible, blah, 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 which it isn't, but <laughs> right? But that's what you're now leaving yourself open to. Certain people, if you haven't done the internal work, that's the moment that you think you've taken a step forward and now you've just taken a giant leap back because you've allowed other people's opinions of Mm -hmm. you to dictate how you're going to show up next. Absolutely. And that's why I said the first question you ask yourself is who are you really? When your opinions and decisions, when your decisions Mm -hmm. for yourself are based in who you are, then other people's opinions aren't going to be your north star you are going to be that Mm -hmm. for yourself so yes and then even in setting that boundary with your friend Mm -hmm. it's really i mean you know we keep coming back to like it's telling yourself i got your back like that's the big you're literally messaging to yourself that you you will Mm -hmm. no longer let someone else talk to you like that and if this means you're fucking burning the bridges and sorry i know i I start to swear when i feel very strongly right (laughs) if that means you're burning the bridges you're burning the bridges and that and so be it and that is so damn powerful because now it leaves you space it leaves you emotional energy to now focus on people that accept you for you, mm-hmm. that love what you're wearing, right? It's like when I first saw you, I was like, holy shit, help me, you look hot, right? Like, that's the sort of thing that you know you're going to be accepted. And mm-hmm. dude, if you came in a bikini, I wouldn't give a shit, right? <laughs> I'm like, as long as you're happy and as long as you're here to inspire my audience and myself, go ham, I don't care. But it's the people that want to judge. These are the people that can get in the way of our growth in our standing in our own and then setting the boundaries and then the the buffers to say, do you deserve to be in my, um, I'm not even sure what word to use. Space. My space. Or uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, and also on your journey to discovering who you are and making those changes for yourself, I think it's important to anticipate that those things are going to happen where someone is going to tell you like, why would you do something like this? Or they're going to make you feel like something's wrong with you based on the decision that you made for yourself. And that's where you have to show up for yourself mm. and be your friend and just say, like, I have, I have lived my life in a way for so long where I just tried to be liked by everyone. And now I want to be liked by me. <laughs> and if being liked by myself 
is going to get other people to not like me, then let them not like me. And you have to expand in your mind how big your circle can be because a lot of us get stuck in thinking, well, if these people are disappointed in me, then I have no one. You have to open yourself up to just because 10 people burnt you, it doesn't mean that the 8 billion people left on the planet are also going to burn you and you're going to just live in this protection mode moving forward like I'm going to be on my own this whole time. You have to believe that you can form new connections with people and you have to believe that being your true self with people might push some people away and that's going to hurt. They might reject you. They might make you feel like you're not the person I want to be with. But that's not an indication that you need to go back on the person you've become. That's an indication that you need to embrace the person you've become. And there are other people out there who will embrace that person Mm. too. Like you've heard these stories of, I used to be surrounded by like women saying like, at the end of the day, a man wants a woman who knows how to cook and clean and take care of the children and whatever. And so many of my girlfriends at the time would say to me things like, um, if, if a guy was interested in me and I started talking to him, they'd say, like, don't tell him that you want to work in the future. Don't tell him that. And then when I would say that to the guy, he would be like, well, I'm not interested in you anymore. And obviously at those times it hurt, but I chose to stick to myself and to who I am. And I've grown into a person who now looks back at those people and thinks, Thank me <laughs> for, <laughs> I was going to say, that thank God. Amazing. Oh my God, that was amazing. In I was going to say, thank girl. God, but <laughs> I need to applaud you for that moment. I really hope everyone just saw that. You're about to give your power and your change away to other people, but you yeah. just think to yourself, fuck, God, yeah. that was good. For sticking to myself. That's growth and, right there. Yeah, though. and just choosing myself over being accepted by others based on their standards that they came up with that clash with who I am. I would say that in this moment right now, I am living the most authentic life I've ever lived. And I wouldn't trade it for any person staying in my life, for any person being pleased with me who is currently displeased Mm -hmm. with me. I wouldn't trade it for anything. So for those listening who are looking to make that transformation, it'll be hard at the beginning when you start leading your own life because you've never seen yourself as a leader. And leaders let people down. Leaders make tough decisions. Leaders have to change the people they're surrounding themselves with. And you have to do that as well and build a new universe for yourself that's not as big as the smallest version of you they want you to be. There's a bigger world that will expand based on how big you are. You don't want people in your life who make you believe that your worthiness of their presence in your life is based on you breaking down your boundaries for them. So I always talk about boundaries as a protective fence around your home. It's the doors, the windows. So when people disrespect your boundaries, they'll tell you there's no way I'll enter this home of yours, as in there's no no way I'll connect with you or be with you unless you lower this boundary. It's like they're telling you lower that protective fence 
But why would anybody who truly and genuinely loves and respects you want you to lower that for them? Why wouldn't they be willing to walk through the right doors? Why wouldn't they be willing to enter with the conditions that you have, like compassion and love and respect? Why wouldn't they do that for you? So keep in your heart that boundaries are always going to be about you and protecting that jewel that's within you that you see and the boundaries that you set with yourself like I'm going to be kind with myself or I'm not going to put myself in situations where I know I will be triggered Mm -hmm. those boundaries are also it's the same intention I am allowing this person that's inside of me to have the best shot at living the most peaceful life, the most honoring of myself life. And any person who has a problem with that isn't someone who wants what's best for me. It Always ask yourself this question when somebody makes you doubt your boundary or question it. Do they have my best interest in mind? And the answer is always going to be no. Because anybody who disrespects something that stemmed from within you, that you know is what you want based on who you really are, when they oppose that, then they are opposing your growth into your most authentic self. So do they have your best interest in mind by trying to stunt that growth? No. So you need to make decisions accordingly. Oh, I love you so much. Where can people find you? Everything new that you're coming out with is just so exciting. Where can people yeah. find you? Everywhere on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, at Nejwazabian. And recently I had a guide come out with script. It's about learning how to trust yourself. So you can go find it there. You can find it at any link in any of my bios. And We'll drop the link in the episodes we as well. We will do that, Hell yeah. yeah. Guys, 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 if it's not obvious how much I adore and love this woman, then I'm not sure what episode you've been watching. (laughs) Um, She's so damn amazing. Go follow her because she's got a bunch of videos. Her books are just amazing. And if you really, really want to learn how to freaking stand up for yourself, hold your own, set boundaries, and still be beautifully vulnerable and trusting to others, then go check her out. Guys, if you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Billu. And if you're not subscribed, click that subscribe button. Tell your homies about women of impact. And until next time, be the hero of your own life. Peace out, guys. Later.